the Dan Beaver Podcast. Good evening, everyone. It is me, Dan, from the Dan Beaver Podcast. Welcome to the Dan Beaver Podcast. I am alone again without my hosts, without my host Rick Ramirez and Amy Hop, because of health situations and all that other stuff. We decided not to get together again. Uh, I'm just getting over something. They were getting over stuff. And we decided it would be best not to get together again. But uh, I'm going to keep things going here with our Halloween theme. We're doing the top 10 uh, Halloween songs. Top 10 songs you hear around Halloween, spooky stuff, that kind of thing. Uh, Some of these, uh, I compare my list to the Billboard list. So the list that I have is not the same as the Billboard list. Uh, However... It is interesting to note that some of the uh, five of my songs are in Billboard's top songs. So I, I highlighted those on there. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, Billboard kind of goes by uh, sales, I think. I don't know if they go by spookier or whatever, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, that's the only one list that I compared mine to. So let's get started, shall we? The first song uh, that I have on my list is uh, this one. It's... Uh Werewolves of London is the first one, number 10 on my list, uh, by Warren Zevon, the late Warren Zevon. He wrote this one uh, with guitarist uh, Robert Watchell. Um, It's been in a lot of uh, songs and a lot of movies, excuse me, a lot of movies. Uh, It was in, the first time I heard it and I liked it, it was in uh, Lost Boys. Uh, it was also produced by uh, Jackson Brown, which I thought was interesting with the backing vocals that it had uh, Mick Fleawood and John McVie. Man, this is a uh, the uh, it was featured in The Color of Money, and it also uh, the uh, Chinese restaurant that's mentioned in the song, uh, the Li Hu Fuk, is actually a real location. It's on uh, Gerard Street in uh, London's Chinatown. So uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, the uh, John Landis uh, also directed an American Werewolf in London, which is kind of has this song on it. Uh, and also John Landis appears later on, and I think you know where, uh, in the top 10 list as well. So that's Werewolves of London. Um, the next one that I have is uh, number nine on my list is uh, People Are Strange. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, they are... Um, the uh, written by uh, the Doors. Uh, this one also appears in uh, the uh, uh, what was I saying? In uh, the Lost Boys. So the story goes like this: So Jim Morrison was depressed. Um, he went to Robbie Krieger's house, and uh, they went to go watch the sunset. And uh, he was depressed because he said, if you're strange, people are strange. And then he wrote the lyrics and everything course is history. Uh, the Doors played this song on the Ed Sullivan Show appearance. Uh, they also played Light My Fire. And, uh, of course, you know, Jim Morrison being Jim Morrison, uh, they were never asked to come back because of, you know, the way Jim sang. And I think we all know the truth. That's probably what happened there. Uh, so next on my list is uh, one that pops up all the time, uh, but it's so it's really old. It's uh, I put a spell on you by written by Jay Hawkins. Uh, Jay Hawkins uh, he wrote this as a ballad uh, lamenting the loss of his girlfriend that he wanted back. Uh, he didn't dress up uh, in a weird costume until later, though. It goes all the way back to like 1954. Uh, they had lots of groans in it and stuff, and that was banned by a lot of radio stations. They, 
teenagers, of course, they brought it back because, you know, they have money. Uh, it's been redone by many, many artists. It was done uh, redone by CCR. Uh, it was also redone by uh, Nina Simone. Marilyn Manson did a version of this. Notorious B.I.G. And, of course, the great Annie Lennox, who I'm playing right now. This is the version that I like. Uh, she did it in uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. And, uh, of course, Bette Midler sings it in Hocus Pocus, which is a big favorite, I think, around the Beaver Dam area. See a lot of people dressing up in the Hocus Pocus uh, costumes. Uh, uh, just listen to Annie just belting that thing out. You just want to put a spell. God, get you right in the old right in the old heart there. Uh, next up, we have, of course, the Halloween theme. Uh Jason Meyer. Can you hear it? Jason Myers was escaped from an institution and he's walking around in everybody's backyards. Remember the opening scene from Halloween? They just they're just in backyards and people are left all their gates open, all their doors over open. Michael Myers is just walking in unannounced. You know, just quietly creepy, creepy stuff. Uh this one uh really scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. Uh, I remember watching this because I was forced to by uh, I hated watching scary movies with my uh, friends, but all my friends loved, so I kind of wanted to fit in. Uh, but yeah, this one was always played. Uh, love, love this. this very spooky song. Uh, next up on my list, I got the. Uh, I have uh, the. Uh, see if you can recognize this one. Oh, here it is. The Beetlejuice theme. I watched this movie at least fifty times. Uh, so good. Tim Burton, a nice, you know, and it's not super scary, but it's nice and playful scary. You can watch it with the kids. It's nice and goofy. Uh, uh, when we went to, uh, went to, uh, Universal Studios, uh, if you ever get a chance to go there during the Halloween time, Beetlejuice is walking around and I got a fun picture with Beetlejuice. Uh, God, it was great. He used to have a, uh, a big old, like a big review, if you will. And you would go and watch Beetlejuice sing with all the other monsters. It was great. They don't have it anymore because, I don't know, kids aren't going to see them anymore. But still, gotta love Beetlejuice. There's no no getting around it. So, let's see. After Beetlejuice, then we have uh, another one, Danny Elfman. Uh, this is Halloween from uh, the old... Uh, uh, from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, it's interesting. The song, it took about this uh, song. All the songs were written before the movie was done. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Danny Elfman wrote all the music scores before he did the uh, movie. The movie took three years to make. And also it's Danny Elfman's voice who's singing the voice of Jack Skelton, but he's not the guy who does the the voice of Jack Skelton throughout the movie. So whenever he's talking, it's another person. I don't know who it is. But when he's singing, that's uh, Danny Elfman, which I thought was interesting as well. Took three years to make. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Love it. And then, of course, uh, this one is very popular around the Madison area. This is number four on my list. Oh, listen to that intro. Mm. Time Warp Dance, Rocky Horror Picture Show, 1973 musical. Oh, my God, it was great. The uh, the song is, uh, the original, it was supposed to be a filler song, and it was originally filled with time because the original production only ran like 40 minutes long. 
Uh, the movie has still got to be out there somewhere. It's been around 42 years. You can't, you can't beat it. Uh, it was in Madison for the longest time. I think it stopped in the lower 90s. They stopped showing it. It was at the Majestic Theater. Uh, when I worked as a DJ at uh, Sergio's, the people who went to go see this movie came in after about midnight or so. Cause we were open till two, and they would do the time warp dance. We played for them, and they did it right in the right in the bar. Uh, just you know, nerds uniting around a common cause. That's kind of what it was. But uh, God, this song rocks. You can just listen to this, even if it's not Halloween. Uh, time warp dance number four. And then, uh, what do I got? Let's see, so I got uh, the, uh, here we go. Everybody knows this one. Uh, the, uh, the Monster Mash. Uh, this, it came out, God, real early. Uh, here was song was, it was climbing the charts in the U.S. And the BBC decided to ban it from airplay because they thought the song was too morbid. Uh, this helped limit the song's graveyard smash to America until 1973 when the Monster Mash returned to the UK as a re-release and it made number three. Uh, it was in the top 40 that year. Uh, Boris Karloff and the Crypt Kickers. Uh, let's see. The song I've listened to since I was a kid. It's so much fun. Monster Mash, number three. On my list of songs, let's see what do I got next year. Oh, of course. Then we have, of course, uh, Ghostbusters. Ah, uh, Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters, top-grossing movie that year, 1984. Uh, it's classic all by itself. You don't even need the movie. Uh, this song, according to Ray Parker, took two days. He had to write it in two days, and he finished it at 4:30 in the morning on the next day. Uh, Ray Parker Jr. saw the commercial for a drain company that helped him coin the line, who are you going to call? Uh, now, in the video itself, listen to this. There was 12 cameos we had back then. So who, these are the people that were actually in the video beside the main actors. Uh, you had Carly Simon, John Candy, George Went, Jeffrey Tambor, Melissa Gilbert, Al Franken, Peter Falk, Terry Gard, Danny DeVito, Chevy Chase, Irene Cara, and Ollie Brown. Don't know who that is. But none of the actors were paid to appear in the video. Instead, they were all favors asked by the director, Ivan Reitman. In fact, uh, the crew made an impromptu visit to the set of John Candy's film. They were uh, filming Brewster's Millions at the time. So, man, Ghostbusters, you can't beat it. It was great. Uh, you know, and then you hear this song, and everybody knows what this song is within 10 seconds. All right, so that's Ghostbusters. That's number two on my list. I'm going to save number one because I think we all know what number one is. I'm going to go over to the Billboard uh list and uh i'll tell you what they have so at number 10 they had the halloween theme song and then they have uh don't fear the reaper um i don't know if this is necessarily a scary one but this one was number nine on their list uh love the blue oyster cult and of course this song is made famous again by the snl skit the, the more cowbell scene gotta love it uh still cracks me up you can watch it over and over again on youtube love it don't Fear the Reaper was number uh, nine. Number eight, they had Werewolves of London, same as me. And then um, on number seven, this one is an interesting one as well. Now, um, this is, uh, you guys, anybody remember Rockwell? Somebody's watching me. Uh, so Rockwell, listen to this. 
So Michael Jackson sings back up on this. And uh, so Rockwell's sister, Hazel, he had a sister named Hazel. Uh, she was married to Jackson Brown's brother, Jermaine, at the time. Michael Jackson was at the height of his powers. and Rockwell knew that he could get the song released if he could convince Michael to sing on it. Oh, my gosh. It was great. Uh, so Motown came up with the name Rockwell after looking at a Norman Rockwell painting, which is interesting. And then also, this song was on the charts at the same time as Thriller was. Uh, and it was the last single from Michael Jackson's famous album. Both, both of them peaked and Thriller and then number four. So number Thriller was number at number four. Somebody's Watching Me was at number two in March of 1984. Uh, it was all over the place. There, you, couldn't, you couldn't get away from it. I remember it was always on the uh, on the uh, always on the air. Could turn it on, you can get rid of it. You were trying to change the station, you had to go to some other stuff. Uh, it was also used in the Geico commercial. God, it's a great song. Been around a long time. So that was on uh, Billboard's number seven there. Then they have uh, number six on the Billboard's list is This Is Halloween, of course. Uh, then they have The Monster by Eminem and Rihanna. Like I said, I think they go mostly by sales. I don't, I've listened to it. It's just kind of a dancey pop song. Uh, it's interesting, you know, it's on there, but it's it's there. Uh, number four, they had Ghostbusters. And then number three, they have the Monster Mash. And then number two, and I thought this was, uh, they had Demons uh, by the Imagine Dragons, which I think the kids are listening to. I've, I've listened to it. It's just, it's just a good song. It's about all the demons we have inside, you know, so... You know, if you're feeling sad, you just get rid of those demons inside. Not really scary, but it's the demons that live in all of us. So uh, that leaves us with number one. My number one and their number one are the same thing. And gosh darn it, wouldn't you know it's not cute. Hold on. You know, when 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 Rick and Amy are gone, I just I can't get my crap together because I have. It's just it's it's just by God's grace that I'm able to make it through this list without making any. I don't even have it queued up. I'm cute. I had it, but it's not, you know, it's at a certain point. So just bear with me for just a second. We'll wait together. Normally I would shut it off and be polite, but I don't feel like it. So I'm just going to sit and wait. For it. Okay, good. So here it comes. Uh, no, I had it. Uh, and I think we all know what it is. I'm just going to, it's going to bring it up for just a moment. I had it. There we go. So I'm going to go. Uh, here we go. Uh, it's Thriller by Michael Jackson. What a surprise, right? All right, so Thriller. Here we go. So Thriller uh, took, uh, what is it, a half a mil to make. Uh, yeah, it's $500,000, most expensive uh, video at that time ever made. Uh, CBS, uh, they wouldn't pay for a third film for the uh, thriller, uh, but Showtime and uh, somebody else, um, they funded MTV, funded them 250000 to do it. Also, directed by John Landis, uh, who comes up a second time here. Uh, he was, uh, Landis and Jackson were uh, big fans of Fred Astaire at the time. And uh, Jackson taught Fred Astaire how to do the moonwalk at that time. Uh, he, Fred Astaire attended the Thriller rehearsal, and uh, as well as Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, who edited uh, the uh, who uh, edited Jackson's moonwalk biography. Uh, he had a lot of big friends back then. 
Uh, they began filming at 3 a.m. in a bad neighborhood in East Los Angeles, and she was actually hanging out. Onassis was uh, uh, Jacqueline Kennedy and uh, Jackson's Winnebago. Um, Vincent Price, you know, his voice comes on at the end of this. Uh, all the proceeds from uh, this album sales, he had the option to do the percentage, you know, like everybody else, or take 20 grand. And he took the 20 grand instead of going for the proceeds, uh, instead of going for a percentage. Yeah, that's another bad choice uh, by Vincent there. But uh, Vincent Price does a lot of spooky uh, stuff. Uh, they're also at Harvard. There uh, is a business class based on this movie. And John Landis chimed in on it. And uh, he said, I quote, the reality is, is it was a vanity video. Uh, everything that happened on Thriller happened because Michael wanted to turn into a monster. Uh, none of it was planned. Uh, I wanted to make that clear because there was a course taught. He said at Harvard Business School on Thriller, and it was, <laughs> and he says it was complete bullshit. So there you go. Uh, so Thriller is, of course, the number one. Uh, did anybody have any doubts that that was the number one song? Even if you tried to move it around on the list, there's just, it's great. It's a great song. Nice and spooky and fun to dance to. Uh, everybody who's done this dance somewhere in the world, you can look up videos. There's got to be a ton of people, especially in Russia. They do a lot of these dances, these uh, big mob dances and stuff. Great song. Anyway, people, thanks for listening. I think we're just going to exit with Michael. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Hopefully everybody will be back soon. Um, I hope you uh, stay safe and I'll see you next week. I'm